Hello and welcome to Sunday Stroll, our annual review slash rewatch mm-hmm. of American Flyers, the 1985 Kevin Costner classic film to celebrate America's Independence Day. What better way to do it than to watch the greatest cycling movie of all time for yeah. the upteenth time? There's no better way. This is Tim in Orlando, number one fan of American Flyers. <laughs> hey, this is Matt. Uh, in a Minneapolis number three fan of American Flyers. And that would make me Spencer in Western Massachusetts, clearly the number two fan of American Flyers. Uh, you guys, it's been one calendar year since we dusted off the old VHS copy of American Flyers, popped it in the old, uh, what do you call those machines? Anyway, popped it in the old video yeah. machine. Yep. Found the cables to connect it to the TV. Was kind and, and rewound from last year. I was very uh-huh. happy. <laughs> and revisited a classic. Maybe a cult classic? I don't know. Um, and as as I do every year, I noticed so many new things that I'm excited to talk to you guys about. And uh, I know that you guys saw some new things as well. So should we give the should we give the the quick synopsis from IMDb for those I mean, you know we got dozens of listeners overseas yeah maybe they the, haven't uh, watched American Flyers yeah what's the Rotten but, Tomatoes well, score on this one, on this bad boy actually, look I look that up because I I want to get real quick into um, I'm gonna say this right now best cycling movie of all time oh yeah it it gets better with age every okay. it is so ridiculous and over the top. And it's, well, it's great cycling action. By far the best cycling, better than Breaking Away. It's the best fictional recap of a bike race. Better than Quicksilver, better than Premium Rush. There's nothing that touches it. Go ahead, little guy. What is well, the Rotten Tomato score? Uh, the, the tomato meter is 67%, but the mm-hmm. audience score right down the middle, 50%. So 50%. 50%. Oof. It's hard to know. So is it the best? Is I, it? The second, third, it's, you know? It's by far the best. I mean, th- there are some shortcomings. The amount of horniness in this film That's not a shortcoming. is next level. How is that a it's shortcoming? It's the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> the 80s. This is a PG-13 movie. Yeah. It's the 80s a were a very, they're a very horny decade. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's hard to argue with the time capsule uh, yeah. that, that this movie brings. Um, Interesting though that yeah it is PG thirteen that is that is interesting I would not watch this one with, with uh, Tom Boonen Tom Boonen Little Nairo or Little Heimar, uh if I were you guys well it's subtle Marcus, enough it's not it's not like this doesn't turn into a porno or anything it's it's still PG thirteen by nineteen eighty standards it's just that Hollywood was willing to show that people had libidos then as opposed to now it's just jacked people uh-huh. standing looking at each other Marcus takes his kid brother David with him for a physical test and a brain scan, suspecting cerebral aneurysm like their di- dad died of. Uh-huh. They head off on bikes for the big Rockies bike race with Sarah driving the van. That's that pretty much, that's yeah, the, that's pretty much all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah. of, but you don't even, they don't even tell you about Becky in there. You don't even get, you don't even. Well, that's for well, the, that's for the, the true fans who watch the Yeah, movie. for the true fans. I mean, okay, first off, I know last year we spent a lot of time 
talking about the opening and the hipster vibes. Oh yeah. Before we got too into it, I just want to say that when you look this up on IMDb <laughs> and you match filming locations in St. Louis, this is ranked as the 18th best appearance of the the gateway to the West in film. Really? And Come I think on. that that is a I think that's a criminally underrated appearance. The the first five minutes. I mean, what if you're thinking St. Louis? What are you going to have? A river, river boats, and the arch. They nail mm-hmm. them all, and they have reckless garbage trucks mm-hmm. <laughs> and screaming down in, the road. They throw in some McDonald's too. They throw in the double yeah. arches just to keep the symbolism a, high. Um, I was I was going to ask you about this. Um, uh, we have been accused on our on our main podcast of not being uh, the biggest fans of St. Louis. And I, I don't think that's true, but um, it's possible. I could see, you know, it's possible. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. St. Louis in the 80s, pretty cool. Yeah, oh yeah. I'd move there in a heartbeat. Just oh, gritty yeah. enough to, to want me there. Um, I'm all about it. I, it's fantastic. Great city. Mm-hmm. Great appearance in this film. What, um, may I, I ask, what is the number one on according to this list of, of yeah. St. Louis and so, the movies films? Yeah, what's I the can't scale think of another movie gonna... with St. Louis in it. So I so the number one movie I I'm not familiar with and okay. it is called The Card Counter. However, National Lampoon's Vacation and Up in the Air are numbers two and three, and then Escape from New York is number like if you're talking like traditional movies, it's basically oh. So National just, Lampoon's Vacation, Up in the Air, Escape from New York. Wait, so it's not Both movies. Both have appearances. It's not movies that are, because in those movies, they just filmed in St. Louis. They didn't actually tell us we were in St. Yes. Louis. Okay. I yeah. thought this was like representations. Like St. Louis was like ranking how they love to be represented. Because in this movie, at least, you know you're in St. Louis. It's not like they just filmed in St. Louis because it was way cheaper than, than filming on the Lower East Side. And they found a street that looks similar enough. You know what I mean? Like Right. Right. That, like that's you know, that's you. an insult. That's like Toronto being like, we've been in more mobster movies than anyone else, and you're like, yeah, but that's because you've got a couple of blocks that look like, like Manhattan and and the Canadian dollar's weak compared to the American dollar. Like that's not really a brag. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's like good say, good film industry. We're not talking. But <laughs> we're not talking about Strange Brew here. We're talking about the American classic, American Flyers. Mm-hmm. I just have to say, I mean, guys, there's so much that. I felt like last year we just scratched the surface. The year before that, we just scratched the surface. I don't even know where to take this discussion. But I just want to say that um, this movie gets better with every watch. Yeah. It so, really does. Everyone should just the, find it and watch it. The thing that strikes me about this movie, about this film, and there are obviously, it was a trope in the 80s, right? To pick a, a niche or a sport or whatever and sort of make a you know, coming of age type of uh, story plot to it. Maybe a twist in there, maybe a love interest. And this has all of that. This does not deviate far yeah. from the normal uh, sort of trope. But the there is a lot of bike racing, like a, an actual significant amount of bike racing in this movie, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. And it holds up okay. Um but I, I do want to analyze the tactics of, of the racing in this so, uh, because there is so much. There is. So let's get into it. I think it does a, a great job, as we discussed last year, it does a great job of showing that an enemy of an, 
enemy is your friend type situation, right? There's the big baddies, the Russians show up. Mm-hmm. Um, that, by the way, that guy's got arms for days, huh? Climbing those mountains, the big guy. Um, oh yeah. And and he again, Barry Muzzin. We talked a lot about him last year. Some would say he are, he steals the performance. He steals the movie from Kevin Costner. Some but would say. The way that he and Davy Summers team up on the Russian is fantastic. Great tactics. Well, I mean, sure, that's like a, a three-man, uh, you know, kind of group up the road of leaders. Like, yeah, the Russian is the odd man out. Like, that's not mind-blowing tactics, right? Like, that's something that you or I could experience in a race. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I'm talking about stage two specifically, um, okay. where Kevin Costner, Marcus, sorry, Marcus Summer, orchestrates kind of a, a, an oh, illusion. This? Like, he, he pulls yes. the wool over the eyes of the entire peloton to get his teammate Davey up the road mm-hmm. by telling Davey to go off the front searching for time bonuses. Time yeah. bonuses. That's right. I forgot about and, that. And he, he, he tells him to go under his breath and then act as if like, Hey, what are you doing? Don't, it's too early. Don't go yet. You stupid idiot. You don't know how to race bikes. You're too, you know, inexperienced to know better. Yeah. And so the like, pack does not chase him. Well, and then Barry Muzzin goes, let him go, Jerome. Yeah. We're going to let him just like kind of, wither out there yeah and then he goes and gets all the time bonuses yes and uh you know i i don't think it's much of a spoiler because it is it follows the 80s trope exactly so you know he's gonna get them but um could that be could that be pulled off to in today's peloton like do you think this happens is this something that was this ahead of its time there well i guess twofold if they don't have race radios it could happen Especially if it's known that like what you would have is you could have like a jumbo Visma situation where Roglic is like, what are you doing, Vingard? And Vingard attacks, right? Oh, dumb kid. Like, and then there's infighting on the team. Whereas in reality, mm-hmm. Roglic, the, the, the Patreon of the Peloton, mm-hmm. um, the patriarch of the Peloton, just letting him go up the road. I, I don't think it could happen at the big leagues, but it could definitely happen at like a local American criterion. Okay. Now it's not, there's not as much on the line, obviously to pull this kind of move, which was tactical genius. I would say Kevin Costner played this to perfection. Marcus summer Mm -hmm. played this to perfection. I mean, they're Um, one in the same. I mean, they are, they are. I mean, it's his, obviously got a mustache, his his best known role. Um, But the time bonuses available, there were four on the stage, which seems excessive. We're for 30 <laughs> seconds a piece. Oh, for yeah, 86. They're, they're yeah, huge. Yeah, 80, 86 miles. Yeah. This is a three-stage stage race Yeah, with four time bonuses on the second stage, totaling up to two entire minutes. That's huge. This is wild. I love this race. So, okay, we brought up, it, it is wild. Let's keep, if you want to keep talking about that, I kind of want to take a, a detour. Detour Dan just showed up. Um, Kevin Costner, uh-huh. ni- 1985 American Flyers. This is at the end of a run that his biggest movie up until his time was The Big Chill and his scenes were deleted. So <laughs> in 1985, so you got Silverado in 85, and then it's American Flyers 
85. He then goes on a two-year hiatus to which released in 1987, Untouchables, where he starred as Elliot Ness. Yeah. Okay. After that, Bull Durham, where he, yep. of course he played Crash Davis, another sports classic. 1989, Field of Dreams. That is one hell of a run after American Flyers. You've got, this is the foundation for the career that now we know. I mean, this is just leading to Oscar award winning. Mm. Um, like of course. The base miles is what you're saying. Yeah. This, this, this is the base miles. I mean, it is an, an impressive run. Congratulations to um, Mark, I mean, Ke- Kevin Costner for, for an amazing performance here. Spencer, you talked about the massive 30-second time bonuses, but let's not forget, American Flyers introduced us to the greatest rule in the history of stage racing, and that mm-hmm. is 50% of riders are cut on stage one. I Not by yeah. time. Not by time. Just top 50% of riders across the finish line make it to the next day. It's brutal. How is that not a real rule? This is amazing. Think if we talked about it last time, I, I'm willing to not even go 50%. I'm saying final 10 riders each stage are acts at the Tour de France. No, 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 no. 50%. Whittle it down. Get the weak ones gone. Stage one. Boom. You have like, no just, business. Can being. you imagine? Wait, mathematically, oh how many people would be there on the last day then? It's not well, every day. To... It's just stage oh, okay. one. Oh, it's just stage one. And then after that, yeah, you yeah, don't just stage do one. that anymore? Okay. After yeah. that, you get 30 second time bonuses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, 30-second time bonus. But, you know, we'd end up Can with you... the situation at the Giro this year where everyone complained that the GC leaders didn't win stages because of the time bonuses. Can you imagine how many crashes would happen in the final four kilometers of a race to get to the final three kilometers if 50% of the field was cut on stage one and it's... you had 200 starters? This Can is you... such a great idea. They must have it. So I we think all... TJ's already actively uh, <laughs> against this on record. Yeah, we all kind of came up racing on the velodrome, and obviously the missing out is a great event and a well-loved among us where every other lap they remove the last person across the line. And this is sort of similar along those lines, bringing it to the road, which I actually think for 1985 is a very forward-thinking type of thing that obviously was never implemented outside of this movie as far as I know. Um, and, uh, I think it could really shake things up. Like, uh, you know, this is something the hammer series definitely would have done. <laughs> um, yes. so last year when we discussed American flyers, <laughs> we rated the top three winners of the show. Number one was Sarah, who I will remind you, crushes a wheel change in yeah. high level Gee. stress situation on stage one of hell of the west yeah Mar- kevin car i mean marcus summers gets a rear flat she changes a wheel i mean yes. in one take gets out of the everything band. she does in this movie is perfection it's she perfection. is the glue that holds this entire red tag so, team together so we had like, sarah number one hands down Number two, we had um, little guy's favorite, Becky, the hitchhiker who who nice. just wants a McDonald's cheeseburger, and her fellow hitchhiker says, what did she say, little guy? I don't remember the exact, but they're basically, you know, they're like, oh, look I, in I, the crystal. I remember, I remember the exact. Look in the crystal. Look at what the crystal. 
look at the crystal and release meat. Like, do not yeah. like eat these sunflower now, seeds that they were getting from the grocery store. Yeah, hey, I was, was I'm with it all the with, way. I mean, that's my lifestyle. So. Now there is a co-hitchhiker that is only in it for one or two lines. I I think, little guy, at this point, you need to take the audio from this co-hitchhiker, drop it in, because I'm pretty sure it is you, because this hitchhiker is saying, "What's wrong with sesame seeds? They're full of protein and nutrients." Yeah. Which is pretty much what you would tell me as I would say, I don't want sesame seeds on my bagel or on this, <laughs> this homemade nutrition bar yeah. that you just made me. Or, or as I saw you go to get your second ice cream cone on like a 20 mile ride or something. <laughs> so so Be- Becky was number two. And then number three, we had Eddie, of course, mm-hmm. the dog that chases them. Gentlemen. Persistent. Persistent. I think we need a new ranking for 2022 after watching this. I, okay. Number one by far remains Sarah in my view. She is <laughs> hands I down so. still the star of the film. The, nothing so. beats her. She absolutely crushes it. That wheel change puts to the next level. Amazing mm-hmm. driving of the van in a situation where Marcus Summers is having a brain aneurysm yep. on, the, on a descent yeah, no thank you. And as I don't know if I've told you guys before, but as a stroke survivor, oh, okay, tell me. I have to. Th- I can't imagine what Marcus Summers is going through here. He needs, he needs that rock to catch him. As he's descending down that mountain, and and she is able to do it. So Sarah is still number one. We're in agreement here. Yeah. Becky does not hold weight. One year later, she falls <laughs> in my rankings. Number what? two. Why? I think. No. Maybe make, make an argument for Becky. One. She doesn't even know about professional bike racing. The concept mm-hmm. of professional bike racing. She is in this yep. van for one day. We never, we don't even get the exposition scene where Sarah or Kevin or, or Kevin Cos or Marcus or whatever, Davey, like, explain bike racing to her. But she is immediately a perfect assist. Like, she is Dialed a great in. domestic. She, yeah. She's got she, great she's, chemistry she's with, with Sarah. Sarah. She she's does not a great Sarah's job. level, but, like, she's immediately, like, on the ball in terms of, like, helping out. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even know what bike racing is immediately. Better, yeah. better, better than 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 half the domestic. The domestic. Right, well, and then Tim, how 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 are you going to knock her down? Like, what what are you <laughs> suggesting for second? Then it's Barry Muzzin. I'm sorry, guys. He, he absolutely steals the show. The bad His guy. appearance, the ba- well, the bad guy, but he's also kind of a good guy. He just got held up. Well, he's pretty much a bad guy. He, straight he's a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, he's he's scum. His interview, by the way, with like the the newscaster, um, yeah. I don't know if you guys caught that, but he's oh, yeah. just he's just lobbing some. He steals f- the show. He I might feel- be the best villain of all time in a cycling movie. Because I feel like this says a lot about you as a person, Tim. <laughs> he he absolutely cr- like I'm talking like who steals the movie? I'm legitimately kind of scared of this guy. He's assaulting cyclists coming down the side of a mountain with yeah. his chin. Yeah, he. He says the worst possible things to a female reporter that is calling him out appropriately mm-hmm. at the end of stage um, one, one, when yeah. Marcus Summers wins the stage. He, he assaults one of the Russian riders during he, the he race. Ass- he assaults a Russian rider. Mm-hmm. He, he does not understand geopolitical situation considering the 1984 and 1980 Olympic situation. Not at all. When, no um, when, when, when we boycotted. I mean... He absolutely crushes it. Um, I love it. I love it. So 
Do you guys think who would what team would he ride for in today's Peloton? I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going Wolfpack oh, all the way. Oh, you're going uh, Wolfpack? I would say oh because of the the whole like womanizing thing. Or I was thinking more UAE because like they just seem like a bunch of jerks. They did, well, they just had they just did have like a punching incident. But I feel like his whole his general feel feels like he'd fit right in with the Wolfpack. You know? Okay. Are you, are you huh. guys? Are you guys? No. Are you watching the same movie as me? I think the so. Wolfpack operates as a team like that guy is clearly thinks he is better than everyone else yeah and so he takes advantage of jerome his one teammate i think that, that this that has places him lines. clearly and obviously onto ineos and there's no <laughs> way around it i think ineos rides more you, as a team than you're giving you, him credit for <laughs> i i just i'm just nominating i think muzzin in 2022 raises the ranks because that performance was fantastic. I got him. I, I have uh, to disagree two. with this. I think Becky still, uh, I, I, are you going to have a dog over him? Yeah, probably. Yeah. No, no, you can't look at who do you like? Who else do you think uh, stole the show in this film? Uh, I mean that, that, that dump truck driver or the trash truck Jesus. driver at the beginning, really. Yeah. Not really, yeah. really okay. laid it down well for let St. Me, Louis, you know. So let me uh, posit this to you, Tim. And I don't think that she will make the top three, but this is the kind of thing that I look for in this movie: is um, where did where did Marcus and Davy get all this talent? Where did this come from? How did you know they become world class bike racers? How do they yeah. just have the intuition to win? You know the the mentality. Their mother. Oh yeah, Mrs. shows Summers. up. She's barely in the movie. She's just sort of the like kept out of the secret, the deep dark secrets of the bike racing and all yeah. that, and the medical history. She shows up at the end, immediately in the van, sitting in the by the open sliding door, you know, giving the encouragement, doing everything you need, like from the jump. And she just instantly knows what to do. She's professional about it, and yeah, that is true. that mentality shines through in her kids. You can she, tell she's a talent scout. Well, you she, can tell, she knows what she's doing. You can tell that she was there for the whole time. Those kids so, were racing juniors for years. She's like, oh yeah, well, it's muscle. So we, we, we she's just right back. We didn't even it. touch on the the rapid rise of Davy Summers from little known unknown cyclist. Oh, we, to, we covered that quite extensively in yeah, the, uh, last year's episode so, for sure. Um, quick notes that I've got before we get it. We we have a listener email from last year's uh, uh, show that I've kept carrying in my inbox um, for okay. a while, All right. but uh, for over a year. Um, I just want to say the racing scenes are amazing. We need to bring yeah. vans back to the Peloton. That Levi's Raleigh kit is next level. It's an all-timer. Get the whole color scheme. But man, does 7-Eleven look like I know I said it last year, but 7-Eleven looks horrible in this film. Like, this is why you would not sponsor a professional bike racing team and allow that team to be the home of the bad guys. This is a major motion picture film, and 7-Eleven so, yeah. looks horrible in this. It's a weird look that they that they signed off on that as, the, as being the one big American team at the time that they thought... Well, this, yeah, let's represent asshole. ourselves in, in <laughs> film as this and have the good guys be shaver sport, you know? So speaking of the vans, Tim, yeah. shaver sport, uh, up and coming team of American future market summer, Davy summer. Um, worst van in the movie though, by far, like by far, 
by far. It's Crappiest older than tan, yeah. worst paint job, bad logo placement, yeah. everything about it bad. Um, do you think if they remade this movie, if it was like a Mighty Ducks 2 situation, that they're going to have a better van or are they going to keep the underdog aesthetic? So mm. I was actually thinking not. about this. I was thinking about if they were going to remake this film, uh-huh. I think so much of what makes it awesome would go away because like the vans would be replaced by, you know, Skoda estates. Like there wouldn't, like you wouldn't have vans anymore. I don't think like, I don't, yeah, it's the oh. ugliest van. Shaver Sports by far has like the worst team kit. The more you look at it, it's just kind of lame and kind of basic. Mm-hmm. But also, only two members on the team, and they get a car in the in the caravan. Like that wouldn't allow. Like, come on, USCF <laughs> wouldn't even have allowed that. Probably not. Probably yeah, neutral not, support. I mean, there were uh, there were a lot of violations of the rules going on in the filming of this movie. They were, yellow line rule does not exist. Um, not in the racing, well, not in the training, not anywhere. Definitely not in the training. Um, um, the eighth zip jerseys, also fantastic look. Love it. Very good. Um, what else you got, Spencer? I know that you've got a, a huge list like I do. Um, I, from our I most do. Watching. I had a lot of, um, just a lot of thoughts about this movie in general. Um, but some of yeah. the just kind of bigger themes, I guess, are what jumped out to me this year rather than the minutia of like, what yeah. actually happened and the details of the bikes, the shifting or anything we normally get excited about. But like in this movie in general, in this world, in this cinematic universe, bike racers are respected as athletes. Like, that is a little strange. <laughs> they go to the yeah. training center in the Jack, Jackie Robinson, I think uh, Memorial oh. training center or something in, in Madison. And there's a bunch of bike racers there and they're just walking in with their bikes and things and nobody's looking at them weird. Like, Oh, good. The cyclists are great, which is, I feel like what would happen today. You say Madison. And of course you mean that they're on the campus of Wisconsin state university, which WSU is what you would be thinking. And that actually brings up our email from last year that comes to us from Mick Listen, there's a thing you ought to know. Maybe you already do, but in case you're not aware, I thought I'd mention it. WSU isn't a thing. There are WSUs, but the WSU in that film is less than real than those seven yellow jerseys. Go Cougs. (laughs) Mick. Now, of course, Mick is talking about Washington State University, and he, he goes on to say, my assumption was that WSU in American Flyers was a deliberate attempt by the filmmakers to avoid mention of the actual university in the film. I'm pretty certain that university system of that state brands itself as UW rather than yep. WSU. Go yep. Cougs. Ladies and gentlemen, we have found Washington State University's number one fan, Mick, who we appreciate the email. Um, you know, anybody can email us at the slow podcast at gmail.com for next year's edition. Mm-hmm of the Sunday stroll and we'll definitely read it. Um, I just, I mean, so why would they not put university of Wisconsin in here? It's not like, you well, there's a, there's that. a couple things that I do that I did notice about this. Um, they go there, they doing that whole training thing. They go out on some training rides, Davey and, and Marcus, and they got some nice cinematic helicopter, like sunset shots of the Wisconsin countryside. Yeah. Uh huh. It looked very rolling to me and i said you know what i've been to wisconsin it's pretty flat 
I don't know if this was actually filmed in Madison. And I waited through the credits at the end of oh, the movie. Oh, you went all the way. Were you waiting for a secret scene? A sizzler? A secret I, I at did. The end? I actually was. Um, there isn't one. Yeah. But they do at the in the credits thank uh, you know the officials and law enforcement and everything for the states of Missouri, Colorado, and Kansas, and I think most of these farmland uh, outside of Madison scenes are filmed in Kansas actually with the uh, rolling hills that we know so well from the gravel scene uh, in America now. So, huh? Well, uh, it's definitely not Wisconsin. I feel like why why did they have to lie about Wisconsin, Spencer? I'm not sure because it's a short you know, drive from it, St. Louis. This is one of these more sense. I mean, Kansas is even shorter. <laughs> like, yeah, but like, nobody wants to think about Kansas. Couldn't they have uh, gone to the University of Missouri? Like, you know, like what? I don't know, but the 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 other overarching theme that yeah. I picked up on this in this film was that classic cyclist. Clearly, mm-hmm. this was written by a cycling fan because we could not make it through the movie without trying to big up ourselves a little bit by putting down a different sport and what sport was more nerdy Ooh. than cycling or well, it was bowling. There were, That's there were right. several I jokes I forgot at the about expensive the bowling, bowling yes. which were just yeah. fantastic and made me feel very warm and fuzzy because you know, I think uh, we've it's, kind of forgotten about bowling and we do it, uh, do it a little more like, to the triathletes now, but we should look outside of the cycling world and, and shame bowling a little bit more. Shame bowling. All right. Yeah, I could, I could do that. I could dig it. I mean, it's just, this movie's so good. Little guy, every time I watch it and I see that Fignon poster, I get excited <laughs> yeah, in uh, yeah, Marcus no, Summers' house. That's really good. That um, really makes it for me. Top five use of a, uh, um, a space shuttle launch for sure. I mean, there's so much in this movie throughout. Um, little guy. Any other uh, general thoughts or things that you've picked up, uh, general themes like Spencer was going after? I mean, other than, I think I obviously mentioned it a lot last year. This is just the horniest movie that you don't expect to be the horniest <laughs> movie. Like you just, I had seen it years and years and years ago and I, I had forgotten that it's, yeah, it's, From it's ready years. to go yeah. at any minute. It makes sense. You know, I mean, you gotta, you, you got some young, attractive people and, and yeah, well, what, you know, what, what made- are you going to do? You know what uh, cranked my chain <laughs> in, in this movie the most, mm. Tim? You'll appreciate this, I think. Uh, if I'm sure you had a similar reaction, was after the stage uh, in the mm. scrum at the hotel afterwards, handing out results there at the event, paper oh, sheets, was, everyone grabbing amazing. for them, results really everywhere. Good. No problem finding the results to this it's race. Results. It's Instant your results. pet peeve. Yeah. Uh, we're no. racing today. Solve. It was no so problem. great. Uh, off the, what was probably a lithograph machine back then. Um, ditto. They, they ran the dittos. Um, I just, Spencer, absolutely a solid point. Um, every time I watch this movie, I fall back in love with hairnets. And uh-huh. I think that uh-huh. I want to start rocking a hairnet. In fact, I wish when I was a courier in Minneapolis that I would have gotten on the hairnet vibe and rocked a hairnet as a courier over a cycling cap. I think it would have raised my cool factor quite a bit. Definitely. Um, instead I was with mismatched ankle socks. I I get very disappointed. I I feel like my old look when I was a courier was pretty good, except below the ankles. Um, the hairnet could have attracted to the top. It was, I mean, I hate to be the one to tell you after all these years, not, 
Not that Below stylish. the ankles were bad. The top was fine. I but mean, the... maybe from the ankles up was bad. Maybe you've got it backwards. I don't know. <laughs> but the hairnet, I kind of want to... I, I think I might rock one or two of those on a local group ride just to see... Like, what would the reaction be if you're wearing a hairnet? Are they going to sh- helmet shame me? Yes. Because I'm not wearing yes. a helmet? You yes. think so? It's it's yeah, a, it's a weird hat. Yeah. Yeah. Not you don't think they're going to be like, oh, I, all right, I kind of appreciate that you've got a hairnet on. They would trash talk you like American Flyers trash talk the Alps, the climbs in, in uh, Europe. Yeah. They they talked so it much was American smack. exceptionalism. It was so good. It was great. And they were like, oh, these these Colorado climbs, they're not like those climbs in Europe that are at a lot lower elevation. It was pretty good. Uh, the smack talk was exceptional. And um, I don't want, I, we don't, we don't need to go too far down the rabbit hole, but the other overarching theme uh, that I pulled out of this one, very relatable to 2022, you guys. Um, we had uh, the Russians as the bad guys. We're back there. Uh, we had <laughs> yeah. American yeah, infighting. Uh, we're right there. Um, you know, we cannot, the two sides cannot uh, respect each other, even through the end. Um, uh, you know, just uh, a lot of tension. And, yeah. It, oh, a lot of tension. That's good. I, I was trying to figure out, is there a, I mean, women once again steal the show and don't get any of the, you know, the plaudits or the um, you mm-hmm. know, yeah, the top billing that yeah. that they deserve that they, they should be behind, the top billing. <laughs> behind every good bike racer is at least three strong women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it's pretty amazing. I just every year this is a classic. I look forward to this episode every year. I hope people continue to email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. where we'll read your Sunday stroll email in 2023. Um, little guy, any closing thoughts? On once again a re rewatch podcast of American Flyers. No, <laughs> no, you should frame that question to Spencer because I don't have another. I don't have another closing thought. I don't know how this movie can be remade. I don't know if <sighs> Netflix could make this into a ten episode miniseries because it is perfect. However, if we're looking to remake this movie. Mm-hmm. There is none other than, I would say, Ryan Gosling to take over the role of uh, Kevin Costner as Marcus Summers. I think that he is the exactly what what no. cycling needs Absolutely to revolutionize a uh, setup. I, I won't stand for that. No. Okay. Uh, we need we need a, a current a current star. We need a. Uh, I'm thinking like a Pete Davidson. Oh God. Oh wow. As 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 Marcus Summers? Yeah, we need edgy. We need, you know, in touch with the kids. We need to get the youth culture embracing cycling and hating bowling. Um, we need the climbs in Colorado respected over the Alps uh, in in Europe. Um, you know, so these these are important things. Yeah, there's so much important. It, like it's also there's like topics like 1985. The, the head of the Jackie Robinson Institute of Sport points mm-hmm. out to his son the lack of African-American cyclists in the yeah. professional peloton. Still There's the one case. in the movie. Still the case. And yeah. still the case. So, you know, we can we, just nowhere near the amount. So there's still a lot of work to be had. But, um, you know, guys, American Flyers, 
an all-timer. really is. I look forward to it all the time. I would never miss watching that movie for this podcast. It's that good. Absolutely. 100% agree. It is a slog. It is tough at times to get through the material, uh, but it is worth it for the bike racing. And uh, Uh, and for this podcast. Yeah, and for this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So we'd like to thank everyone that watched this movie with us. Sunday uh, American Flyers for this year's episode of Sunday Stroll. We'll be back once again next July 4th to celebrate America's greatest contribution to sporting cinema, the 1985 Kevin Costner classic American Flyers. Until then, until then, enough of this Sunday Stroll. Let's hurt a little. 